Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. The time to waste went to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade the future for the last. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mind. come to a place in our walk right now, many of us, maybe not all of us, but many of us, particularly those who are um, still in the workplace environment, still uh, below retirement age, um, where we have to, no, we have no, there's no place for us to turn except to totally one, I mean, beyond 100% trust you. I, I don't know how to express it. I praise you that I can trust you. I thank you for the time that we have together every morning. And as intimate as it has, I praise you, Jesus, for the blessing that we had from Brother Randall uh, and his uh, guidance, admonishment, advice, and experience that he shared with us on the last program. I think it helped a lot of us. Uh, We're definitely in a period right now where things are starting to accelerate. um, And and they're accelerating in a manner that puts, you know, that would put any thinking individual that is working in the workplace in any country uh, in um, in a, a, a place of concern. Let's we'll just say a place of natural flesh concern. And we just want to praise you, Lord, because you are it. And many of us knew that we were being brought to that place, wherever that place may be, that place where we have to absolutely and utterly surrender everything to you. Um, Of course, I'm still inside of a dwelling place, and I praise you for that, Father. Um, I'm still employed, and I praise you for that, Father, even after being forced due to ethical issues and other signs that you gave me uh, to turn down that other job. Um, I don't know why, but I'm trusting you. 
And I praise you that I can trust you. I praise you that I I just praise you for all of it. And I pray that every single person that is listening to this program, whether it is now live or whether it is sometime in the distant future, even over a podcast application, that they understand that to come to a place where we are able to have communion with you. I'm not talking about wine and, and, and matzah or bread. I'm talking about communion in the sense that we are communing, having intimate conversations with you, talking to you, asking you to hold our hands, walk us through the challenges and the things that would normally terrify us, uh, and present to us a place of safety that could only come from us truly surrendering and trusting you. It's not that we want, you know, that we're okay with eating, you know, a maggot-covered sandwich out of a dumpster. It's not like that at all. It's not like we're okay with throwing a knapsack over our back and walking out into a freezing cold night with no income. Uh, It's not like that, Father. But it's, you know, so none of us are, are, are looking forward to going through that level of hard times what what we're hoping of course as any normal human would uh any believer would uh is that you will somehow miraculously take care of us um that in the midst of uh, this valley of indecision that each of us uh face in the workplace you know a lot of us don't know we're we're working in places in in corporate america small to medium sized businesses some of us are in very large businesses but at the end of the day we don't know this the financial state of any given company that we're working for we could get that notice i mean literally the owner of the company in some cases could walk out uh, at 11 o'clock a.m. on any given day and make an announcement to all personnel that the company is being shut down. And in many cases, uh, you know, at least historically, a lot of the small to medium-sized businesses, and when I say small to medium, uh, medium being, you know, could be 2,000 employees, um, you know, uh, it, it, I'm not going to get into the, uh, the the financials of what makes a company defined as a small or medium-sized business, but what I will say is that a lot of the SMB companies, which make up the vast majority of companies worldwide, are the types of companies that unfortunately will simply padlock the front doors of the building and put a notice on there to let people know that they no longer have a job there. Um, And so I pray in Jesus' name, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray this for myself. I pray this for every single listener of this program, and I mean it from the very bottom of my heart. Please, Father, in Jesus' name, we are asking for a supernatural hedge of protection, a thorny supernatural hedge of protection around us, around our jobs, that no matter what, wherever it is that you have placed us at this time, that that place will be a place of privilege. And the reason why I put it that way, Father, is because your scripture strongly indicates that while we will go through trials and tribulations and difficult periods, no doubt about it, that we will be afforded special protections by virtue of trusting you, we'll be in a place of perfect peace. We've been admonished by Jesus not to worry about a thing. We were not promised a dwelling place. We were promised food. We were promised clothing. That's pretty much it. 
Uh, but at the same time, Father, we are hoping that when we look at the comprehensive set of scriptures that talk about the days that we're in right now and combine them supernaturally and spiritually with the scriptures and the promises and Proverbs and Psalms, that by understanding those and etching them upon our heart, uh, Psalm 119, verse 11, I believe it is. Uh, Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that each and every one of us will will reside, be seen and found, residing in the secret place of the Most High. We will be given and afforded the special protections of the angel, the special protections that could only come from the throne room of a living God, our Father God, who truly loves us just the way that Randall told us about it in his testimony and the way that so many of us have experienced it historically in our lives, but maybe over time and through trials and tribulations between times, Maybe we forgot a little bit. And Father, uh, and then, of course, naturally, our, you know, when we reason through things, and of course, you don't think like we think. So we think, you know, on a completely different level than you do. And that makes it hard uh, because we're, we're mixed in the flesh when, you know, we can't see the beginning from the end. We don't understand so much. And we're not going to pretend that we ever will or ever, or, you know, uh, you know, certainly not while we're here. So we have to just surrender it, place it at the foot of the cross, look into the face of Jesus totally lay our trust out, I mean, just beyond words, really, beyond words. If I had the words, and I don't have a, 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 a weak vocabulary, if I had the words to express the amount of trust that we need to have in you right now, I would express it. But I don't have the words. It's beyond what would be expressible by somebody who has the most fantastic vocabulary ever, and I'm not even certain that person would be able to express it. We praise you for the opportunity to be able to serve you. We praise you for the opportunity to be able to be taken care of by a mighty God who loves us. We praise you for all of the promises that you have in your scripture regarding what even what some really anointed teachers would refer to as a type of godly obligation that you would have for those of us who love you, for those of us who fear you and fear being cast into hell, by for those of us who are trying as hard as we can to walk in purity and, and as close to utter perfection as is possible, constantly examining ourselves and continuously spending time in the secret place of the Most High and always looking forward to it and loving you truly loving you. And we believe in our hearts deep down inside that you, because your scripture bears witness to it, uh, Matthew 10, verse 19, we know that with God, all things are possible. And Father God, we are just going to stand on those promises. Uh, you know, we, we know what it says in, in, in uh, you know, th all throughout Proverbs and Proverbs 15, 7, um, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Well, how many more might actually be at peace with him? How many more blessings might we get when we're walking in your divine will and we're working very hard? You know, indeed, struggling sometimes, asking you to pick up and hold our hands, pull us out of the well, Jesus, uh, steady our course, whatever it may take, praying fervently for uh, changes that are contrary to the human uh, existence to take place in our lives 
lives, knowing that overcoming it on our own will be next to impossible and expecting a miracle to occur in our lives to bring us to that place where we do overcome those uh, tendencies and, and conditions and uh, reactions and emotions and things that we need need to to be able to walk in the purity that we want to walk into to please our Father and to be able to also be protected under the shadow of your wings to have angels pick us up lest we dash our foot on a stone to understand that we are living in the in if it's not in the full swing of Psalm 91 that we are certainly uh, well into it well into it uh, and we want that divine protection and we want to believe Father God that you're going to give it to us in a, in a way that, that is just going to blow our minds uh, you know if we lose a job that you will get us another one right away uh, you know if, if whatever it takes Father whatever it takes we pray in the mighty name of Jesus that we are able to be chosen not just called but chosen to serve you in the days of darkness we are standing here like it says in Isaiah 6 8 I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send who will go for us? And we say, Here we are, Father, send us. We stand at the ready, we praise your name, and we ask you, Father, please, if it is at all possible, and we believe that it is, because the scripture bears witness to it, that you will supernaturally protect those of us who are in the grips of being ineligible for any type of income whatsoever, let alone any type of medical whatsoever, uh, should we be, find ourselves caught up in the tens of thousands, yea, hundreds of thousands of people that are being laid off right now uh, across this country and is not even making it into the news, only but a teeny percentage of it. And Father, I, 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 it's all around me. I get emails on a constant basis. It's happening in front of me, even on Zoom meetings where, I, where clients that I'm talking to are going through massive layoffs while I'm having conversations with them on video calls. Father, this is absolutely beyond most of our comprehension. We just don't realize it, and the smaller companies will very very rarely give any uh, early warning to their employees that they're in financial problem. And so just by virtue of not hearing anything doesn't mean that there couldn't be something pending. And so we must all draw in closer to you in prayer, trust you with all of our heart, and believe in the words of the Scripture that, that you will be there to protect us because, Father, we want to, we desire to, we lay ourselves down as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you to be at the ready to do what it is you need to have us do as these days grow darker. And we need your divine protection to be able to do that because we're worthless to you if we're digging a sandwich out of a dumpster. And we praise your holy name and we thank you, Father God, because you alone are able to do the miracles that need to be done to sustain each of us, that we are able to be given the opportunity to serve you at the capacity that you have written in our books since before there was time in accordance with Psalm 139, verse 16 in a Ephesians 2.10. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and thank you. Amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. The world is falling apart. <laughs> you know, um, you know, the. I never really kind of thought it was going to go down like this. No wonder there's so many prophecies and, and words that I felt were pretty darn trustworthy from our Heavenly Father that said, you know, implied that, that we wouldn't be able to guess. And even if we were told how things were going to go down, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Uh, one of these days, uh, and I know I keep on saying this, but, you know, with our repeat guests like Brother Lauren Peterson, Elena, uh, Robert Vandrius Mitchell, Terry Hill, praise the Lord, uh, you know, uh, Gary Wayne, what a blessing. Uh, we do have limited uh, open days. Um, and um, so uh, I guess, you know, like once again, I'll just trust that Sister Nancy is hearing me. And um, unless we have a super high priority guest, uh, it, it's about time that I do some programs by myself. Okay, praise God, because uh, there's some topics that I'd like to lean in on uh, that uh, I can't. You know, I can't because of limited time. Like, like right now, look, look at what we got before Lauren comes on. Now, Lauren's very cool, and he'll easily allow me uh, to go over, which I always do anyway. And quite frankly, if he didn't allow me, I'd do it anyway. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, you know, uh, but anyway, um, things are breaking down on a global level. And quite frankly, I don't have time to be able to, to go into all of them. What I can do is I can uh, give you, oh, my goodness, uh, where do you begin? Um, some of the things, oh, there's just too much. There's just way, way, way too much. But um, essentially, uh, there's a massive, massive war buildup in the Ukraine, and it's, and it's now in action. So the war is on. Uh, now, is it the full... Um, is it at full speed? I don't know what the word is, because uh, I'm not really a war kind of guy. Okay, but um, is it, it are, is the offensive at the at the magnitude that it is going to be? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I really don't think so. Um, but boy, is it ramping up, and boy, uh, yeah. There's a lot of fear out there. There's a lot of fear in NATO. Uh, there's a lot of fear in the individual countries. And I'll try to touch upon some of those things uh, as we move forward through the program. That There's good reason for that fear. And by virtue of knowing the reason behind the fear of the various NATO countries, one can pretty quickly start connecting the dots and realize that there's it appears clearly that there's going to be a lot more to this story, which, by the way, would be exactly what I would anticipate, um, uh, you know, providing that my estimation is right. And I do powerfully believe that it is. It might take a while. It might take a while. But I powerfully believe that my estimation of us being, you know, being in the midst of the second seal, the third seal, and the fourth seal all rolling out together, that they have, you know, there were a number of prophecies where, you know, the prophets or the prophetic words were that that Jesus had, you know, broken the seals. Um, and But years and years before that, I had hypothesized that he could break the seals whenever he felt like it, and that the, the contents, it's the contents of the scroll that are the events that surround us, that affect us, okay? And those contents are happening right now, all, and they're happening in parallel. I don't think you can find hardly anybody out there 
today, with the exception of people that are, I, you know, I don't, I don't even want to go there. But we all know that there are people that like wear like three or four uh, COVID masks inside of a car with air conditioning running and driving down the road. And look, you know what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Praise his holy name. That's all I can say. But anyway, the situation, you know, when you're awake and aware at the level that we are, it is a blessing, but it is also a fantastic, an an, an, an unquantifiable burden. You can't, you know, there's a saying, I used to say it all the time, uh, ignorance is bliss, and I am the happiest guy in the entire, uh, you know, uh, housing development or whatever, you know, or in the entire city, Um, you know, tongue in cheek. You know, ha ha ha. But anyway, um, but unfortunately, the reality for those of us who have been long term listeners of this program and especially myself, not because I'm some sort of a smarty pants or anything like that, but because of the program, I have had to, you know, part of the job that God gave me, which I've done incredibly imperfectly um, and uh, pray constantly for his mercy. Uh, and thank him for the teachings and the times that he's taken me out behind the barn and the chastening and all the other things that I've had to go through um, because it has changed me and, uh, in, in, in a way that I know is in at least to some degree a better uh, in, in, in a better alignment with what I read in the scripture and what I hear from the testimonies of those who have been taken to heaven and had the conversations the back and forth conversations with our father uh, and Jesus and all that kind of stuff so you multiply that out times 12 years as of this July it's probably about 7,000 radio shows probably about half of those had guests and a lot of it had to do with with esoteric, highly advanced um, mystery information having to do with the Bible. Uh, don't even get, I mean, there's just so much of it. There's just so much of it. Pre, our pre-existence, um, you know, just, oh my goodness, the alien thing that Isaiah 13 is all about aliens. Joel 2 is all about aliens. Revelation is just absolutely jam-packed, overflowing with aliens. Okay, we don't like to call them aliens. We just want to call them fallen angels. But in reality... Where were the sons of God that came down into the daughters of men and bore children unto them before they came down and started doing their naughty, no good business? Where were they? You think that they were sitting in heaven, you know, on some cloud, on a puppy cloud with a blonde girl playing a, uh, you know, a harp? Come on. All right. So anyway, I'm not going to get into the details of that and chariots of fire and all the other dynamics that go along with it. And the testimonies of the people that have been taken by to heaven, the testimony of Dimitri Dudeman, who saw the two angel brothers that had visited him in Romania multiple times inside of a technology that, that he said went so fast you couldn't even see, you couldn't see anything. Uh, that that from a distance appeared as a very, very bright light, so much so that he thought for a moment because of his experiences with the Romanian uh, police that were very communist and very anti-Jesus and beat him, beat him half to death on a regular basis because he smuggled Bibles back then. Uh, you know, he, he saw saw these angel brothers. Well, actually, he saw a very, very bright light and he 
thought it was a truck heading at him because he used to try to run him off the road, uh, you know, when he was living in Romania. And he saw this giant, this really, really, really bright light uh, down the road, you know, essentially coming at him. Uh, and then uh, and then he was like, no, hey, it's the Angel Brothers. He, that's what he would call them. He'd call them the Angel Brothers. Uh, there was usually two of them. I don't know the whole story. I have not read the whole book. I've read, you know, I've, I know bits and pieces of the story. I know an awful lot of the testimony. And we have had Michael Boldia, his grandson, uh, on the program as well. And he that's that's anointed. The shows that we did with Michael Boldia were absolutely anointed. He is an anointed believer and servant of the Lord. And praise God for that. That is awesome. All right. But anyway, the point is that um, it's been quite a journey. And I never saw it coming down like this. I'm going to be perfect. I mean, I'm just, I'm always perfectly frank, but I'm like, I don't know. I just want to impress upon the listeners, even if you're a new listener, we're running out of time. And I don't know what that exactly means. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I don't know what, how to quantify running out of time. How do I quantify that? Because everybody wants me to give them a day. They want me to give them a day, want me to give them a season, all oh, this spring, a couple of weeks from now. Oh, it's going to be next year. Oh, it's going to be 2024. Oh, it's going to be 2027. Oh, it's going to be this. Jesus is going to come in. Blah, 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 blah. And, everybody, and they're saying, like, how many gazillions of guests did we used to have come on the radio show between 2011 and 2015? that believed with all of their heart that they they had either a figured out when Jesus was going to come you know by using Israel what I call Israel math okay believing that they could use the generations at 80 years times when Israel you know did this or you know the 68 war or whatever there was always some permutation or collection of mathematics or whatever that they would use there was that and then you would have the people that would you know that that supposedly met with Jesus which of course if they did Jesus changed his mind so again um you know i, I what, a hundred? Do we have a hundred of them on the program? Is that how many? Probably. Probably. If I was to guess between 2011 and 2015, how many people we have had on this program that had an absolute ironclad, bulletproof, no way it's going to fail, Jesus is coming, and it's going to be, you know, in this window of time. And here we are, <laughs> January 25th of 2023. So I'm going to, you know, flat out, I'm blown away. Now, I've been blown away pretty heavy uh, since 2016 and the whole Trump thing and uh, God calling an audible and all that kind of stuff. And I know a lot of people try to point to some of the scriptures in, Re in the latter part of Revelation and try to point, say that, oh, this is about Donald Trump. And I'm like, hogwash. Okay, but anyway, everybody loves to do that kind of stuff. They flip through the Bible and look for like four or five words together that they can just, you know, turn upside down or twist or whatever. And they can say, look, this is about this. And look, this is about that. And I'm like, why don't you work on the whole Bible? <laughs> okay, and like I've said, it, personally, I think I know that the Lord, our Heavenly Father, wrote these words through the penning of the Holy Spirit that that he was that this was all going to keep on going until the fullness of the Gentiles had been brought in. But even that is unquantifiable. 
Because we don't know what the fullness of the Gentiles is, so we don't know what the magic number is. And we don't know if it's a floating number. If God's doing real good, if he's winning the football game and he's on the two-yard line and he's going to the you know the championship and yada, yada, blah, blah, and this, that, and the other thing, you think he's going to stop? If he knows that he can bring in more people, you think he's going to stop? Not according to my Bible, he isn't. So... Don't even get me going on the whole, you know, this one book of Psalms, I forget which one it is, you know, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Blah, 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 his mercy endures forever. Yada, 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 his mercy endures forever. I mean, the entire psalm, the whole entire book. You know, what does that mean? Well, you can read a lot into that. So anyway, um, I just praise him, you know, I stutter now a lot more than I used to. I used to be much more sure of myself, uh, you know, and, and the things that I believe. Now I, I, I treat a lot of it with much more greater care. There are things that God has shown me beyond any shadow of a doubt that are absolute fact. But there are also things that I don't know. I just don't know. And I really don't think that my personal feelings are God doesn't want us to know. He doesn't want us to know. He wants us to tarry, and for those of us that are stuck in the workplace and are ineligible to retire, and they're trying to re- they're trying to raise it, the retirement age in the United States of Babylon the Great from 67 to good lord, what 85? I mean, it's just unbelievable. But then you get the World Economic Forum, the ESG stuff is coming down. You know, they're they're coming out with a whole another set of pandemics of different varieties, and oh goodness gracious, I'm not even going to get. You could do you could do. 12 solid hours of radio shows on just the the portfolio of various pandemics that they want to release upon mankind. I mean, now you got Gates out there. What is that entity? What is he? I don't know what he is, but he isn't human. But anyway, you know what? Oh, my gosh. I mean, oh, he's like right now he's coming out and he's telling everybody, yes, the next one will probably be released by humans. And I'm like, Dude, please, pink sweater wearing, oh, Lord, protect me from my own self, because you know how I feel about these entities. Anyway, it's, it, you know, it's as if, you know, as if they didn't already do that. And I just got an email from, uh, an ex, you know, a friend of mine who uh, le- left the company I'm work, you know, currently with, Um just because he just couldn't take the pressure anymore. And he just said, I got to go somewhere else. So anyway, he left and uh, he's been living off his bank account, you know, and of course it's depleting. So he wanted to pick up a, a gig and uh, he, you know, we, we would email back and forth, 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 back and forth. I'm hoping to win him over. I'm, uh, I'm throwing little hints in there about Jesus, but you know, I got to be careful because I, I don't want to, th- cause some unbelievers will run away. I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to lure him in like a smart fisherman. I want to put the right bait on the hook, and then I want to get him hooked. All right? I want him to ask me why I believe, and then I got him. He's mine, and he's coming to heaven. 
But anyway, he just emailed me and told me he just went through all kinds of rigmarole. Let me tell you something, folks. Uh, as a 1099 contractor, he found this gig. It was perfect for him. It, it had his name written all over it. The guy, that, the guy for, uh, from Tech Systems that was, uh, uh, you know, the recruiter was on the phone with me forever, this guy, about it. I'm like, well, you, you would think this is, the, you know, the job that you're offering is the president of the United States with all the questions you're asking. So anyway, he goes and he fills out oceans of paperwork with Tech Systems. He fills out oceans of paperwork with the hospital system that, that you know, he, that, he, that, that wanted to hire him and all this other stuff. And then after he emphatically told them straight up during the interview process, I will never, never take a vaccine. After all the paperwork was done, everything was signed, sealed, and delivered. The salary was agreed upon. All work was going to be remote. They said, now go in and take your vax. And he said, oh, you're going to play that game with me, are you? Well, then guess what? Find someone else for the job. This job is remote. I will not take the vax. And he slammed down the phone on him. Six, seven minutes later, uh, hey, yeah, um, sorry. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I'm sorry about that. It was a misunderstanding. Uh, you're right. It is a remote job. And so we're going to make a special, you know, exception for you, um, you know, and everything. And he said, all right, then I'll start on the date that we agreed upon. And that was that. You know, and I see, you know, the potential for that kind of dynamic happening to any of us that are trapped working in corporate America. It doesn't matter if it's a small job. It doesn't matter if it's a small company. It doesn't matter if you have only 100 employees. It really doesn't matter. So you, we all need to be staying very close to the Lord, trusting in his word, trusting him to take care of us, asking for a miracle, knowing that he's going to give it to us. And and really, uh Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Doesn't mean he's going to guarantee you that, he's going to, that you're going to get to keep the job that you got right now, but he'll direct your path. He'll put you on a good path. He'll put you where he needs to put you. And he certainly, certainly, our Heavenly Father, there's just no way. Our Heavenly Father is not a man that he should lie. Our Heavenly Father loves us. Our Heavenly Father needs us. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, this is our Father speaking, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance and let us work together. God needs us. So don't believe any of the boulder dash uh, people out there saying, you know, the, 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 the dribble and the whatever, the Hershey squirts that are coming out of their mouth. Because I'm here to tell you that they don't know their Bible, but I already know that. And so little by little, I just learned to bite my tongue until I have purple indentations on it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I go up to visit my family in Pennsylvania. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, things are getting bad. They're far, far, far worse than any of you all know. I'm telling you. Does anybody in the in the listening audience of this program wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go through – 
enormous. I, if I was to call, if I, I was to try to quantify it by the number of pages of information, I would say more than 100 pages of information about what's going on around the world from at least 50 different sources, very different sources with very little in common, uh, different parts of the world. Is there anybody out there that does that? Is there anybody out there that does it again before you go to bed? Is there anybody out there that has somebody that's a blessed help of the ministry that sends you hundreds of apocalyptic emails every week? And if there is, please email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com because we may have some work for you to do to help us out with this ministry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Because the more the merrier. My point is that by having this program, even though the burden, the emotional burden is astonishing, stupefying, that's the strongest word I can think of. Even though the the emotional burden of knowing these things is stupefying, it is heart crushing. Um, it, it you know it 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 carries with it a certain blessing to be advised of the most. Now I'm going to use this word carefully. Maybe that's why I'm a risk management professional because we learn to use these kinds of words, unlike the churchies and the churchianity people out there and the pastors out there who speak with authority as if they know something and then end up being wrong because I'm a risk management professional. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say probability and likelihood. I will say things like there's a pretty good level of likelihood that blankety, blankety, blank will happen. There's a pretty high probability that yada, yada will happen. But that's all you're going to get from me, <laughs> okay? Because I have learned my lesson over 12 years. Thank you, Jesus. Ow, ow, ow. What did I say? What did I say? Are you serious? Are you serious? Paul, did you hit me on the pan? Was that your pan, Paul? Ow, ow. Dang. All right, anyway. So now they got that out of the way. Where to begin? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we are going to run run across the top of the hour. Brother Lauren will uh, still have a, a, a full hour to uh, do his, his, his uh, you know, brain dump, uh, which, which, he, which he gets real, real, real super deep. Uh, so he'll have plenty of time, you know, an hour to do that. Um, I, I don't expect to go a full 45 minutes. I never do. I haven't. I, only once, I think. Pretty much. Um, so anyway, so let's just go ahead and dig in uh, because there will be a lot of follow-on information because things are blowing up right now. Pretty bad. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's move into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh... Game over. All 
All right, kids, 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 kids. Ah. Kids, just a real quick, a couple of quick ones. Is that all right? Because we got a lot to cover. Okay, okay, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. Ice cream for everybody after jokes. (laughs) I knew that one would work. All right, kids, knock, knock. Who's there? Mikey. Mikey who? My key doesn't fit in the keyhole. Mikey. Kids, come on. You can hit that, yeah. I know you're not real big on knock-knock jokes, but that's all right. Work with me here, man. We're running short on jokes. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody, send jokes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Knock-knock. Who's there? Wooden shoe. Wooden shoe who? Wooden shoe like to know. Come on, kids. Work with me. That, That was pretty funny, wasn't it? Come on. Think about it. You thought it was kind of lame, huh? Is that it? You thought it was kind of lame? All right, that's fine. But still, ice cream for everybody. <laughs> All right. And on that note, let's head into the news. All right, praise God. So this one's kind of interesting. Uh, I just totally dig it. It gets me excited. Now, for those of you who are not regular listeners of the show or or are new to the show, which could, you know, there's constant movement, constant movement. I get it. Um, uh, if you are unaware or have not been, if you don't understand that there is going to be a gigantic sphere-shaped alien spaceship, basically a big Death Star in the sky on all television channels worldwide. A few weeks, and I don't know for sure if it's exactly a few weeks, but I'm throwing it out there. A few weeks after that, gigantic copper-shaped spherical spaceship is in the sky, which Pastor Augusto Perez had seen, David Doetry had seen in his, his in his rapture vision. Uh, Sori Park, who met with Jesus in heaven, was told by Jesus that NASA would come on the television and tell everybody that the aliens had taken him. So we have all the confirmations we need to know that this is a fact. Okay, I don't. I am not equating any probability nor likelihood. I'm satisfied with the amount of information that the Lord has shown me. Oh, and by the way, spread out over 11 years of time, that this is absolutely going to happen. Therefore, that makes this particular headline kind of cool. Okay, and it says, and, and, and granted, it's from the sun, although a lot of these types of headlines are making it into many, many other news venues. Um, uh, but the sun is kind of like, um, you know, a rag mag sort of, you know, thing. But it shows an actual photograph of it, and it says, X-Files Incredible United States Spy Plane Photo shows metallic orb, a metal made, so it's it's made of metal, and it's an orb. So it's spherical in shape, metal and spherical 
in shape. And it is a UFO. And it is flying over Iraq in a ground-breaking classified Pentagon image. The only thing is it's silver. Now, I don't know what that means or if there's any relationship whatsoever to the copper-shaped or colored one that, that's going to be the telltale sign that we're all looking for and we ought to be looking for. All right? Um, but um, I dig it. Okay? I'm just going on record as saying I totally dig it. Uh, the more, you know, metallic, round spaceships that show up on classified Pentagon videos, the better for this guy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Next one up. All right. Oh, okay. Now, this one is audio-based, and it's going to... It's a couple of minutes in length, but it is really, really important stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and play this for you. This is Judge Napolitano, uh, and it's a snippet. It's not the whole audio. It's not the whole video. You know, it's not the whole interview. It's not like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, that kind of thing. It's just a little snippet. It's only a few minutes long, but it's really some important and intensely important stuff that Colonel Douglas McGregor is talking about. Now, Now, you know, just so you know, McGregor was Donald Trump's main military guy. McGregor commanded, I mean, he, 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 he's the man. I mean, he is the man. That nobody in the world could possibly understand one one-hundredth of the things that are going on in the Ukraine right now with Russia than Douglas McGregor. He's a tank commander, for crying out loud. And the vast majority of this, he's an artillery guy. Okay, he commanded forces. You know, that he gets it. That's his expertise. All right, let's listen to this. Praise God. Here we go. You uh, stated that you have sensed a change in attitude on the part of decision makers in Washington. Maybe Joe Biden's a bad example, but a hawk like Lindsey Graham, you're not going to hear him saying tomorrow the Russians are going to win and we ought to get the hell out of there. Well, see, that's an important point because I don't think they're whispering that. See, this is the great danger that we face right now. A couple of historians contacted me and they insisted they talk to me. And they walked me through all of the things that FDR did as president in the 1930s to effectively goad the Japanese into attacking our forces in the Pacific. And contrary to popular belief, the Navy, the Army, Marshall, the CNO of the Navy, Stark, all these people knew that the Japanese could, in fact, attack and destroy Pearl Harbor. And in the run-up to the war, FDR did several things. He put out something called the McCullum Memorandum and directed the Navy to deliberately violate Japanese home waters. And they did it with warships again and again and again. And he was told by the CNO, you know, we could lose some ships. He said two or three ships is okay. This is incomprehensible today, but that's what he said. And ultimately, they told him what the implications were. And he said, continue to do it. Ultimately, we know what happens. He leaves the fleet deliberately in 1941 in June in Pearl Harbor. He does not return the fleet to San Diego and San Francisco. And the CNO said, Mr. Roosevelt, Mr. President, we're, we're targets. We're we, could lose, ducks. we could lose the fleet. 
Ultimately, you know the rest of the story. He, he deliberately did this. There are a lot of other things. He was sending as many bombers as he could to China to Claire Chennault and the Flying Tigers at the time. He wanted to build up an air force there that could firebomb Japan from China. This is in 1939-40-41. We don't talk about any of these things. And what they said is what is happening right now looks an awful lot like what FDR did. Now, I personally don't think that that's on President Biden's mind. But then again, I'm not sure President Biden is much more than the man who reads the script that's handed to him. I don't know what the people behind him are up to, but if you look at what we're pushing, this is what brings you to the next point. Ukrainians are going to face this onslaught. They have already said they can't withstand it. They're going to collapse. It's already beginning and the Russians haven't even attacked in strength. What do we do then? Do we play this game of Polish forces, American forces, Romanian forces, whatever else we can get and push some distance into Western Ukraine? All right. <clears throat> so I've I've I knew that Pearl Harbor was um we are learning set up. Hold on a second. Hold on. Be- I hate autoplay. I've known for years and years and years and years that Pearl Harbor was a setup. I've known it. Um I have books on it. Um but no one could possibly articulate it in such an eloquent way <laughs> and in such a short period of time as uh, Colonel Douglas McGregor. All right. He's an insider. So he really, really knows. It's not just some conspiracy theorist writing a book. All right. So but I've known about that for a long time. Anyway. Okay. So how many how many people in the United States of America, assuming 350 million people, what percentage of them do you think know that? Okay, that was a rhetorical question. Think about it. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the next uh, uh, bite of uh, audio I'm going to play, I don't know if I'll play the whole thing, probably not, but I want to play a little bit of it. Now, I'm going to tell you that if you want to go out and find this fellow on YouTube, uh, you're going to have to look for a channel called, and it's one word, History Legends. History Legends. Okay. I don't know who this fellow is. I don't know where where he lives. I don't know. But one thing that I can tell you is, if you want to know the absolute cutting edge of what is going on in the Russian-Ukraine war, if you want to know the cutting edge, this guy's going to tell you. All right, let's listen to what he has to say about Bakhmut. And by the way, the headline or the uh, title of this YouTube video is Bakhmut is facing operational encirclement. Now, I, you need to understand something. Yeah, you could sit, I could sit here and rattle off all these nebulous names of towns and things that are in the Ukraine, and it, everybody's just going to, as a general rule, people are going to glaze over. I, you know, I wouldn't know Bakhmut from a hole in the ground. However, because of the homework that I do in regard to this stuff, Bakhmut is a major deal. Bakhmut must be taken in order for the Russian Federation to be able to move in a major offensive in the direction that they need to go. And there are heavy fortifications 
of CIA, United States, and um, uh, contract killers and contract mercenaries brought in by the United States and, and, and also brought in by other countries through the United States and NATO, okay, that are there to try to stop Russia, but they're failing miserably. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to what this guy's update is on Bakhmut. They've got to take Bakhmut. They're obviously taking it very easily. And we'll listen to what he has to say. Here's his update. And again, the title is Bakhmut is facing operational encirclement. That's his way, his fancy way of saying the Russian Federation is going to encircle the Ukrainian army that's trying to protect Bakhmut, and they're going to stomp them. Here we go. My friends, we have a lot to talk about. Truth is, the Russian army is making massive gains on every front. And as of now, Bahmut is very close to an operational encirclement. Oh, no, no. <laughs> the Russians push even deeper. That would force Ukrainian units into a very displeasing early pullout from Bahmut. I also wanted to show you this article from Der Spiegel. They wrote, the German intelligence services is alarmed by high losses by the Ukrainian army in the fight for the strategically important city of Bakhmut. They warned that the capture of Bakhmut by the Russians would have significant consequences. That's probably Russian propaganda. The situation there is indeed very critical. This Ukrainian paratrooper complains that the Belgium FN-FNC carbine he was provided with is completely frozen. Meanwhile, here's the POV of a Ukrainian soldier somewhere in East Bakhmut. He's providing suppressive fire for his entire team to retreat in good order. Another fire team is seen ahead of his position. Things are not looking good. Russian artillery is methodically destroying one strong point after another, which are then stormed by Wagner assault units. The geolocation of the TOS strike shows the positions of the Ukrainian forces east of Bahmut and the little progress of Wagner units in this sector. Now, from an operational perspective, it seems that the Ukrainian army is preparing for a big withdrawal from Bahmut. Here's why. Like I mentioned in my previous video, north of Bahmut, Wagner assault units are fighting over the T0513 highway. They recently took control of the village of Sol, Salt Mine Number no. 7, and the village of Krasnapolivka. Despite the fire support of brand new Italian self-propelled howitzers, all Ukrainian counterattacks to reclaim the lost ground have failed to materialize. Mission failed. We'll get next time. Further south, Russian VDV paratroopers are keeping the pressure on the urban areas of Blahodatne, Krasnaora, and even Yahidne. There are many videos in this area where we see entire Ukrainian infantry units pulling back from the eastern outskirts of Bahmut. Ukrainian formations were strong enough to avoid the Russians from entirely flanking their position as they still cling on to this river. But as you can see, this also complicates the resupply of the Ukrainian troops located on the east bank of the river, like at Krasnaora and this residential sector of Bahmut. Even worse, it seemed the entire southern flank of Bahmut collapsed. Wagner assault units took control of the village of Klishivka and are making their way towards the T0504 highway. Some even claim that the Russians are on the outskirts of Ivanivsky. Others claim that they're even approaching Chasivyar. More on that later. And if we 
All right, praise God. So anyway, you got this skinny on where you can go and find this if you feel like watching the entire video. Uh, but it looks like um, these are the preliminary m movements of the new Russian offensive now that the ground is frozen. Um, uh, it, but it is not at full magnitude, okay? So this isn't by, by any stretch uh, the big offensive that's coming. They're just setting it all up and clearing the way at this time. Now, um, I'm going to go ahead and move through because I've got little bit snippets and di different headlines in here that I can comment on uh, associated with what's going on all over the place. And uh, so I'm not going to, you know, just go into a, a commentary verbal spin because if I do, um, I'll, I'll kind of steal my own thunder. And so I'm going to stick with the headlines as best as I can. Praise God. Next one up. All right. This one is from the Daily Beast. Swarm of tanks is just the start of Putin's new nightmare, which is completely balderdash. It's utterly poppycock and it's hogwash. Um, so there's much fuss taking place over uh, approximately 14 crummy um, leopard tanks that uh, were very, very, very reluctantly given up by Germany. Germany did not want to give up the leopard tanks because they knew that at the point that they did that, it wouldn't be a move of NATO, it would be a move of Germany, which means that they now are in the sights of the Russian Federation should things escalate beyond the eastern part of the Ukraine and Russia decide, okay, we've had enough of this nonsense, and they just go ahead and roll right over Poland, all right, and, and then ultimately into Germany. And so there was much fuss about them. Well, guess what? 14 tanks? Are you kidding me? They'll be lucky to be able to get those things five or ten miles inside the east side of Ukraine before Russian-caliber missiles take them out. It's just not enough to mean anything, not to mention that it takes about 30 days for them to learn how to use the doggone things because they're completely different than the, the, the T-60s and things that they've been using thus far. Don't even get me going on the absolutely, and Lord forgive me if this is a bad word, asinine um, nonsense that's dribble, this dribble that's coming out of the United States. I don't, I don't want to get into who's an entity and who's a guaranteed shape-shifting reptilian or whatever. I, it, it, it's beside the point. This notice about this stuff about the M1, the Abrams M1 tank being some big bad thing. First, it's going to take them about a year and a half to get the doggone Abrams tanks over there in the first place. The other problem is that the M1 tank operates off of a turbine engine. It gobbles gas like crazy. It needs resupplied continuously. Okay, and the problem is because the 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 it uses a turbine engine, it gives it a little bit more speed. So somebody came up with this wild idea, hey, let's make them go really, really fast, so we'll make them go 60 miles an hour right toward the enemy. But they didn't take into consideration that a turbine engine requires an input and an output. So they suck in all kinds of sand, gravel, and all kinds of dust and garbage, and then they fail. So if you don't have a fully qualified team of Abrams repair experts with trucks of transmissions and everything else under the sun coming right behind the Abrams uh, battalion, guess what you get? A bunch of dead tanks sitting there in the middle of the field, and Russia's just going to blow them right up if they even make it that, that far. It is absolutely ridiculous what is going on right now. Now, 
with Finland ha- uh, getting all friendly and cozy with NATO, that has prompted Putin now to move defensive. I stress the word at this time anyway, defensive nuclear missiles into Belarus. So we have finally broken the camel's back. Okay, this was a special operation, but now we've crossed the line. Now, Putin won't come right out and say it as a general rule. He'll tend to take the back seat a little bit, but Lavrov isn't. Lavrov has come right out and said, we are officially now at war. Be advised. And this is scaring the people in Poland, in Germany. That's why there was such a fuss about the uh, Leopard tanks, which aren't going to do any good anyway, except get Germany, get a target painted on Germany. So... If the provocation continues at the same uh, magnitude that it is right now, which I suspect it will because we all know what the end game is, thank you, Holy Bible, then, hey, thanks, Jack Van Impey, and uh, and the war within the coming war with Russia from the album that I bought in 1972 and listened to it on third three and a half uh, uh, Pioneer. Record player or whatever. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We know what's coming. Thank you, Jesus. All right, hallelujah. All right, next headline up. Ukraine is storing weapons at nuclear plants. So, again, the world's largest nuclear power plant that they've been fighting over and trying to protect and has all kinds of, you know, radioactive storage facilities outside and all that kind of stuff, which nobody in the world except for a Russian can pronounce. But anyway, um, yep. Now, now, now they're taking their weapons. They're taking everything. The missiles, the weapons, uh, you know, the mortars, the, the guns, the, the, you know, the, the restocking of the HIMARS, all that. They're putting them inside a nuclear power plant because it wasn't good enough for them to stick them inside the back, you know, uh, the backyards of uh, uh, Ukrainian houses. OK, because the, the, the people that lived in the houses were like, we're out of here. Exit stage left. And they boogie. And then the next thing you know, uh, Russia's like scorched earth. And next, you know, and it's game over. So now the Ukrainian Azov Nazi battalions are sticking them inside of nuclear power plants, which they happen to have an incredible abundance of over in the Ukraine. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, worth mentioning. Next one up. Ukraine's army hiding rows of tanks among civilian buildings in Artemovsk, uh, uh, UKTV report says. Which, by the way, I find that that I wonder if the UK. No, they got to be talking about Great Britain, right? Um, anyway, I'm just trying to see here. But anyway, it says Russia has repeatedly pointed to ample evidence suggesting that Ukraine has been using civilians as human shields. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Really? You're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Next one up. Headline, Battleship, Russian warship with unstoppable 7,000-mile-per-hour hypersonic missile sails directly toward the United States and will soon be within strike range. 
Okay, don't even get me going on the Belgorod and the uh, and the, uh, the the nuclear tipped uh, torpedoes that they have now. Uh, the submarines that they're desperately trying to track, but the one things that you, I'm telling you, folks, <laughs> the uh, the submarines that Russia has. I've been studying up on some of their subs now lately, um, and they're very very quiet. We have a very, very hard time finding their subs. And once they go under, it's like, where'd they go? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Come on, use use all the best. Come on, what kind of equipment do you have? And we don't use we don't use clairvoyance like they do. You remember I told you about the Third Eye Spies, uh, uh, you know, uh, documentary on uh, net, on Prime. Hmm? Russia uses them. They know where our subs are, <laughs> but we don't use them. Okay, because the CIA people say, that's a bunch of boulder dash and poppycock. We're not going to do any of that weird hocus pocus dominocus stuff. So he told them to close down the operation, which is fine. You know, I mean, remote, remote viewers, I mean, one way or the other, it's demonic. Okay, but at the end of the day, whether they realize it's demonic or not is a whole different story. And they are still using them. So they darn sure know where our subs are. We just don't know where theirs are. You know, like three miles off the coast of Tampa, for example. I could probably hit one with a sling, slingshot like King David. I, I just shoot it right out into the Gulf of Mexico and listen really carefully for a sound like, ting. Hey, I got one. <laughs> it's like, whatever. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Press release. Press release. Doomsday clock is now set to 90 seconds to midnight. And let me tell you something. There is a fuss going on across the Internet right now over this. Fuss going on at Washington, D.C. Fuss, 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 fuss. 90 seconds. This has never happened in the history of the world. And we can't believe this is happening. These are, these are special nuclear scientists. This is a warning of all warnings. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, I'm, more, I'm, I'm looking for the ground-based nukes. The ground-based nukes, the ones that are going to take out Seattle. You know, you'd almost think that that would have to happen before the Cascadia subduction zone. No, not really. It could happen either or. Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, um, uh, Washington, D.C., uh, Manhattan, and Chicago. And Chicago might be the very first one because according to the powerful mighty dream of the Lord that was given to Sister Rachel Baxter, that is the big event. That starts World War III. And by the way, it won't be Russia that sets it off. It'll be Obama and the World Economic Forum and the Davos freaks and all these baby-killing, blood-drinking Satanists and shapeshifters. That's exactly who it's going to be. And they're going to say, look what Russia did. We must attack. <laughs> of course, after we give away all of our weaponry, you know, and whatever. But you know what? The cool thing, praise you Jesus, is that we at least know what the end game is and we know what the Bible says about it. And that gives us, I mean, it drives me nuts. I go on, you know, on to, I listen to various shows that I have a lot of respect for. I like the content and their, the way they see things to some degree. You know, Glenn Beck, I like a lot of his stuff. I like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Alex Jones's stuff. I like uh, the radio show program uh, entitled Redacted. 
I think they do a good job. But you know what? Sometimes I just want to pull what's the little bit that's left of my hair right out of my head because they don't see the end game. They do not see the end game. And it drives me nuts. And then, and then if I blow a fuse, if the fuse is big enough that blew, blows in my head, I'll actually break protocol and I'll go on there and I'll enter a comment under their YouTube video. I actually did that with one of them. They were, they were bad-mouthing Ron DeSantis by putting up, uh, you know, with all the good things that Ron DeSantis is doing right now to absolutely stop all wokeism from entering into the state of Florida, putting up uh, constitutional laws to prevent any of that World Economic Forum ESG nonsense from entering into the state of Florida. These guys had the nerve to go back to the very beginning of the pandemic and show that Ron DeSantis was for the vaccination in, in, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I'm like monkey breath monkey breath nobody knew what it was back then they didn't have the information everybody was in on it back then no one knew but they were trying to hold it up as some sort of an impeaching piece of evidence to show that DeSantis was two-faced and I'm like what so anyway suffice it to say I popped the cork I made a comment. I used some capital letters. I did not use any naughty words. And I said, I told them what I, I told them essentially what. Now they probably won't read it. They're too busy preparing for their next show. And I'll just have to pull my hair out again. And I'm, let's just see, I'm becoming less and less enamored with that particular program because they're, I find them making that same type of mistake and judgment in their reporting on a very, very regular basis. And that annoys me, and I, I just can't tolerate it. So I'll just stick with this, the ones that hit closer to accurate. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Battle tanks for the Ukraine approved on the same day as the doomsday clock hits the closest point to middle midnight in history. So evidently, the German uh, battle tanks that we were just talking about, the Leopards, um, they uh, were uh, uh, supposedly uh, uh, approved on the same day, supposedly, that the uh, nuclear scientist moved the doomsday clock to 90 seconds before midnight. Interesting. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So maybe the, you know, <laughs> people in Germany, they were worried that they'd have a bullseye on their back. Maybe they were right. Next one up. Russia, Estonia, expel ambassadors amidst destroyed relations. So there's all kinds of fighting and things going on all throughout the NATO states because they're freaking out. Now they're seeing this not, they're seeing it as it is. They're not seeing it as a NATO problem. They're seeing it as a, oh, my gosh, they're coming for us problem. Get it? <coughs> All I have to say is praise God, because if this continues, it will be biblical and it will be accelerating us to our departure. Praise Jesus. Do not miss the barley harvest. Keep your eyes open for that copper-shaped, spherical-shaped spaceship. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Ann Rand. Ann Rand. Anybody know who Ann Rand is? It's a little test. little end times conspiracy theorist test. Who is Ann Rand? Ann Rand is the author of a book known as Atlas Shrugged. 
or Atlas Shrugs. Uh, I think it was Shrugged. But anyway, and uh, it is a, a type of anthology. Uh, it's like Orwell's 1984. It's kind of like that, okay? Um, and uh, get this, okay? I'm going to play you and Rand with Mike Wallace in 1959. Okay. Are you with me? Here we go. Get ready. 1959. Mike Wallace. Pay real close attention. How do you feel about the political trends of the United States, the um, Western world? The way everybody feels, except more countries. I feel that it is terrible that you see destruction all around you, and that you are moving toward disaster until and unless all those welfare state conceptions have been reversed and rejected. It is precisely these trends which are bringing the world to disaster, because we are now moving towards complete collectivism or socialism, uh, a system under which everybody is enslaved to everybody, and we are moving that way only because of our altruist morality. Ah, yes, but you say everybody is enslaved to everybody. Yet this came about democratically. I, the free people in a free country, voted for this kind of government, wanted this kind of legislation. Do you object to the democratic process? I object to the idea that people have the right to vote on everything. The traditional American system was a system based on the idea that majority will prevailed only in public or political affairs, and that it was limited by inalienable individual rights. Oh. Therefore, I do not believe that a majority can vote a man's life or property or freedom away from him. Therefore, I do not believe that if a majority votes on any issue, that this makes the issue right. It doesn't. All right, then how do we arrive at action how should we arrive at action? By voluntary consent, voluntary cooperation of free men, unforced. And how do our leaders arrive? How do we arrive at our leadership? Who elects? Who appoints? Uh, the whole people elect. Uh, there is nothing wrong with the democratic process in politics. Uh, we arrive at it the way we arrived by the American Constitution as it used to be. By the constitutional process as we had it. Uh, people elect officials, but the powers of those officials, the powers of government are strictly limited. They will have no right to initiate force or compulsion against any citizen except a criminal. Uh, those who have initiated force will be punished by force, and that is the only proper function of government. What we would not permit is the government to initiate force against people who have hurt no one who have not forced anyone. We would not give the government or the majority or any minority the right to take the life or the property of others. Wow. <clears throat> um, 1959? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if that didn't just knock you off your... Whew! Man, oh, man, oh, man. Was that... That was 1959. And what do we see happening right now? 
precisely what she warned against. But it's so, it's so like explosive and in your face. Pandemics, forced inoculations, deadly bioweapons, wars being jammed down your throat, scaring people half to death so that they're fighting with each other inside of grocery stores over a mask that doesn't have any effect. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank me later. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Breitbart reports Senator Katie Britt exposes the ESG. And that, again, is uh, – why am I having brain brain damage on the word E? It's uh, not economic. It has to do with – you know, the, the cow farts, okay? Uh, e, uh, social and governance agenda, okay? Uh, uh, ESG agenda, agenda of Biden Pentagon pick with first vote in Senate to oppose Brendan Owens. Okay, so now, now what does this mean? What this means is that we're seeing the tentacles of the Hydra from the WEF. The ESG agenda, which is going to stranglehold all of the citizens of this country into getting two eggs a week, three articles of clothing a year, owning nothing, being herded like cattle, who's ever still alive, into these special cities, giant FEMA camps. This is the Revelation 13 beast government. It's in. It's happening now. Senator Kate Britt exposes the ESG agenda of Biden. Biden, who, what is? He, he's definitely a reptilian. He has no human faculties whatsoever. Being told what to do to a nats to you know, to to um, infinitesimally small level of detail by the global satanic crime syndicate led by the Antichrist Obama. Right here it is. They're already positioning people of authority into the government to push the ESG agenda down on us, like it or lump it. It's happening, guys, for real. And it's happening fast. And they know they got it. Look, we're in January 2023. How much damage do you think they can do in 11 months? Hmm? It's actually more than 11 months when you think about it. Because they got all the first half of next year to do even more damage. Yeah. Next one up. A fellow that goes by the nickname of Wall Street Silver on um, Twitter uh, it, it says, and he's correct, Chile is the largest copper producer in the world at 29% of all, of all worldwide copper production. In order for green technologies to scale up, the world needs to double annual copper production, and that seems unlikely. So once again, he's simply pointing out the basic economics of the futility of what they're trying to accomplish. But you know what? At the end of the day, they don't care. It's a ways to a means, folks. They already know what the end game is. How they get at the end game really doesn't matter. This isn't about viable energy sources. This is about imprisoning us all inside of uh, Antichrist FEMA camp setups. Okay. All right, next one up. 
The Hill reports human microchip implants take front and center stage. I can tell you that in the last um, week, uh, the last uh, one, two, three, four, five, six days, I have received two major reports from pretty mainstream. This is The Hill. Okay, and, and I forget which the other one was, but um, it's all all the world. I mean, it, it's all the there. It's all a gaggle, man. Everybody's like all talking it up, talking it up, talking it up, talking it up, talking it up. Microchips, they're so cool. These are the coolest things since sliced bread. I love microchips. I, you know what? I'm this kind of, you know. No, really, they are talking it up. Now, you know what? When you think about the Hydra, the tentacles of the Hydra, the ESG, environmental, social, and governance, how they're shoving government officials. They have boards of directors that are getting infiltrated at major, and, and it's showing up all over the Internet, and they're getting ready to stranglehold the uh, American and all the other populations of the world with it. And it's all happening. Wouldn't you also want to push the microchip thing, too? Because really, at the end of the day, they, they're going to need to get away from this you know, funky little you know mark on your driver's license and get it over onto your hand, aren't they? Right. It's all happening at the same time, folks. This stuff is happening fast. Praise God. Next up, WorldNet Daily voting firm stored election data in China. Whistleblower alleges, and all I can say is, you're good. Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. Don't even get me going. The, the, remember, never forget that the Dominion machines are still there. They really haven't pulled out the Dominion, the, the, the capabilities of the Dominion machines yet. They've just been stuffing ballots. Wait until it really gets ugly. All right, next one up. Argentina. Uh, Argentine uh, meatpacking heir wants to embed crops with animal DNA. So they're all playing the game. This is all part of the ESG agenda. They want to play. They don't want to. They don't want to lose their livelihood. They don't understand. They're, it isn't like they're reading the Bible, going, "Oh no, this is the mark of the beast coming." No, 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 no. They're going like, "How are we gonna? We gotta check this box. We gotta, you know, otherwise we're gonna be in the streets looking for, yep, food." Next one up. Antifa members charged in vandalism in Florida pro-life clinics. Okay, just letting you know that the Antifa thing hasn't gone away. The BLM stuff hasn't gone away. It's all over the world. Oh, if you could only see the stuff that I see in my hundreds of pages of audio, video clips all around the world. Oh, my gosh. Oh, 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 my gosh. Most of us, because of the intensity of the other reports, think that the majority of that stuff has gone away. Mm. No, it hasn't. Next one up. YNET. YNETnews.com uh, out of Israel uh, is pointing out that 130 companies are announcing a strike. So they're having a big old strike there, and I'll, I'll, it's about this. Quote, the legal reforms being promoted by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu would empower the country's 120-seat Knesset to override Supreme Court rulings with a simple majority vote of 61 votes. Now, folks, I'm a citizen of heaven. That's what my scripture tells me, okay? Um, I think it's Philippians 3.20, I think. Sometimes I get it mixed up with Ephesians 3.20, but whatever. My citizenship is in heaven. I'm going to go ahead and leave this one. You, you can think whatever you want to think about this, but this is bad. 
No wonder there were gazillions of people in the streets. They, they, they estimated right now in Tel Aviv, 110,000 people are flooding the streets, and I've seen aerial photographs of it, and it looks, it makes the Obama inauguration look like they forgot that there was an inauguration at all. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Cold hits Japan's province, Moha drops. Anyway, bottom line is lowest temperature in their entire history, minus 63.4 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. So what we're seeing for the first time now is they're not trying to uh, <clears throat> compare it. Well, it's the lowest temperature that we've seen in over 100 years. You know, they finally gave up on that. Now they're just going up. Oh, this, this is the worst it's ever been in the history of the world. And you know what? I think it's been that way for a long time, but they're finally letting up on it. You know, because after all, the ESG thing has to get pushed, and they don't want to upset Klaus. I mean, come on. You know, he's a good guy. You know, he likes Wiener Schnitzel and all kinds of delicious, you know, sauerkraut and stuff like that. With, by the way, I do, too. But I, I'm just kind of kidding. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, I'm not kind of kidding about sauerkraut. I love sauerkraut. It's really a great keto thing. You just take your you take your um, uh, pressure cooker. You toss in a nice frozen, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, pork roast. You cover it with um, uh, uh, lots of sauerkraut. Um, and, um, oh, my gosh. Oh, it's just so good. It's, it's amazing. Very, very good food. Totally keto. Praise God. All right. Next one up. Hallelujah. Losing their religion. Why the United States churches are on a decline? Well, maybe it's because you got dancing naked people and pretending to be the opposite sex of what they are, and all this other stuff. And I, uh, where's this? Where's the shrimp fork? Where's the shrimp fork? Okay, please, Lord, keep me from ripping my spleen out with a shrimp fork. Is that? Using the Lord's name in vain. Father, I was just trying to be funny. People need to be cheered up. Okay. Well, I am kind of thinking about ripping out my spleen with the shrimp fork, but that's a whole other thing. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yahoo Finance says that lab-grown meat is now moving closer to the American dinner plates, which is really just a small smidgen of a move away from Soylent Green. Hmm. Delicious, yummy Soylent Green wafers. How could you pass that up? I mean, on the right hand, soiling green wafers. On the left hand, cockroaches. Which one do you want? Next one up. One in five United States firms are eyeing job cuts in the coming months, according to a poll. Another one, Russia to ban oil resales under the rest, uh, the Western price cap. Another one, Jewish and evangelical left UGs, people who are running away from lefty states, are in a mass exodus right now. They can't get, they can't get it's really bad. Another one, one dead, seven injured uh, in three mass shootings in California in three days. Amazing. Another headline, researchers reveal shape-shifting humanoid robots that can turn themselves into liquid. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, how many people have we had on the show that have said that basically, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie series is, are all going to actually come true during the Great Tribulation? And right here you actually have it being reported right now on The Independent. Germany at war with Russia, according to the foreign minister. They're worried. Xbox, Outlook, and Teams, Microsoft Teams, is down, hit by a huge outage. Online servers are not working. It is never-ending. The world is falling apart. I wonder when the power grid 
goes out and goes totally massively out all over the world. I mean, after all, you don't want to, you know, upset Mr. Schwab, do you? Hmm. And on that note, let's bring on Brother Lauren. Brother Lauren, come on out. Come on down. Push those lizard creatures out of the way. Put down the Cheerios or whatever those corn. Yeah, cornflakes. That's it. Corn come flakes. on. Come on. Corn Give us. That, you're on the show to entertain us with all these spooky, weird stasis, um, genetic, weird, you know, Adam and Eve stuff and Leviathan coming out of the rocks. And, oh, my gosh, it's just absolutely nightmareville. Anyway. Yes. Welcome to the show, friend and brother in Christ. Welcome. You absolute welcome crazy person. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> is that a good enough? Man. Did I did, did I do enough? Good enough job in you know introducing I you. Think I think so. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Did an excellent right. job. Right. Yeah, my my Thank head's you, already man. spinning by all the the things you've talked about already tonight. Well, take the mic away. It's all yours. Go for take it. Take away. Where should I take it to? You know, I think. I think we should have Mr. Uh, Klaus Schlabo and his faithful sidekick, ha 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 Harari, at Comedy Central in Los Angeles. What do you think, folks? <laughs> when they get a you few know, laughs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't like to comment about what I really think in the flesh about those entities because I have yeah, you I know, you. fleshy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. When I think in the flesh, yeah. I think to myself, you know what? The heck with the 850 soldiers that they had in Davos. You know what? <laughs> Somebody needs to take that meathead out. But then, of course, they got like 50 other guys that are can't wait for that to happen so they can take his place, and they're probably like 10 times worse. So I don't really <laughs> think there's right. anything to gain, right. you know? Oh, anyway, but you, whatever. You, but you see, that's, that's the that. way of the – well, that, that's the way of the, the serpent and the, the world of the serpent is <clears throat> they're always vying for power and position, and they have no qualms of taking the leader out so some, one of them can elevate themselves to leadership. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. I know what. I know what. This will make me feel better. And then I'm going to give you the mic exclusively, okay? I'm going to blend into the background. This will just make me feel better. Okay. Two two words and a sound effect. Klaus Schwab. <laughs> now, of course, there's not. I I didn't say they were necessarily connected, did I? <laughs> no. It might have been implied. It might have been somewhat implied. <laughs> Yeah, in a in a universe of connectivity, there is absolutely no connection. There. Oh no, the butterfly effect. There's butterflies yeah. going across a thousand dimensions right now, getting blown down the street. Oh no, and bits and right. pieces of Klaus Schwab. Oh no, oh, no. and oh, they no. all all his pieces mutate into new Klaus Schwabs in different forms, alien life forms. Oh, no. You know, I never thought about that. What if he is 
some kind of an entity that has like that freaky deaky ability to like replicate, you know, so you blow them into like 50 pieces and there's like 50 little Klaus Schwab's running around going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, that, that yeah. just would not work very well at all. No. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm going to slip into the background, brother, and let you have the mic. Oh, gosh. I mean, seriously, my head is swimming. There's so much to talk about today. I mean, it's like, anyway, so like uh, earlier you mentioned about um, two or so, like yourself, myself, and probably some others that we've known for a lot of years, even decades, that World War II was a setup. Pearl Harbor was a setup. And it became even more pronounced when, uh, if folks remember on 9-11, that the um, pundits, the powers that be, were comparing the 9-11 as the second Pearl Harbor sneak attack, you know, that we didn't see it coming. So once you understand them and you understand how they communicate, how they convey their lives as truths and everything, then you can backtrack what they're really saying is that Pearl Harbor was likewise an inside job assisted by an outside interest. Okay, It's a total setup. 9-11 was a total setup. And if you haven't gotten, folks haven't gotten that far in their thinking yet, uh, it's going to be a rude awakening because 9-11 wasn't about going after those who hate America and her freedoms. It was go- ultimately about taking the United States down and ushering in the new world order, uh, the Great Reset and all that stuff. So another thing that's that surprises me but doesn't surprise me is how many politicians, how many even top-rated economists simply do not understand how this nation's economy works. <laughs> and they falsely believe, or maybe they do understand the truth, but they're spewing lies, which in either case, there's this, uh, of course, argument, you know, like we're $31.5 trillion in the hole as a nation. And that's now counting state indebtedness and uh, personal indebtedness and corporate indebtedness. It's in trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, right? So it could never be paid off. So why not spend trillion dollars more in the federal deficit because it doesn't matter it can never be paid off anyway okay so the great politicians the the gop the the rhinos are proposing to cut all the safety net programs just completely eradicate social security medicare medicaid all this stuff but you can last dollar that the illegal aliens be well taken care of while you are out in the street or in a FEMA camp barely staying alive by the slop, the soylent green and pink slime and crickets and mealworms that they feed you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this, what I'm about to tell you is what the Lord showed me. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. And it didn't happen right away, the understanding. It's like sometimes the Lord will give you a little tidbit. And you chew on that for a while until you get it, gain an understanding, and then he'll reveal some more information until finally you get the bigger picture. And then there are other times where 
uh, if, I guess if you're ready to receive the information, he can reveal the big picture to you, how everything connects together right in one, one serving, so to speak. So anyway, the, our nation is in debt because we have a debt-based system. And if you're in a debt-based system, you will never get out of debt. And the fallacy is that, oh, we need a balanced budget amendment to the Constitution. Or minus that, we need to start slashing all these uh, welfare programs for the poor. But you can bet the welfare programs for the rich will continue on even more so. And who's the greatest benefit of government welfare but the two big to fails banks and corporations and the um, military industrial complex and the secret space program you can bet they won't miss one dollar of trillions in debt while you and i live as slaves in our you know fema camps etc starved to death beaten to death raped to death <clears throat> but they will continue on with their trillions of debt Okay, so what is the solution? Well, if you understand how black hole operates, you'll understand how the Federal Reserve System operates. It's the same principles. The way that Federal Reserve System operates is that because it's a debt-based instrument, debt-based mechanism, the only way that it can maintain the illusion of wealth is by digging the debt, that is the hole. Okay, If you're in the hole financially, that means you're in debt. So you have to dig the hole deeper, wider, and faster. That's the speed of money transfers, the speed of money. You have to increase the velocity of money to make up the difference, to give the illusion of wealth. It's basically a massive Ponzi scheme. We're seeing the fallout of cryptos, okay? Uh, FTX and now what was it, Genesis Capital, or you know, they're all going to start falling like dominoes because it's an, a Ponzi scheme. What crypto is is a massive Ponzi scheme built upon the mother of all Ponzi schemes, the Federal Reserve System. Okay. It's a Ponzi scheme. The only way to keep uh, the illusion alive is to dig the hole deeper, wider, and faster, faster, faster. Now, what a black hole does is it consumes. It has an insatiable appetite for not only matter but light. Anything within its grasp, it sucks into itself and devours it, right? Anything. Entire planets, solar systems, galaxies, beyond. Whatever it can get its greedy little hands on, it devours it. Now, what happens, though, in order to maintain itself, right? And the more stuff it devours, the bigger it gets, right? The bigger that black hole gets. And <clears throat> so what happens when it runs out of matter or light or whatever it needs to devour, what happens when it runs out, when it can't get anymore? It implodes. It collapses upon itself. 
Now, if you understand that simplicity of a black hole, you understand the Federal Reserve System. So in order to maintain the illusion of wealth, um, you have to increase the money supply, and you have to increase, dig that hole deeper, wider, and faster. And you have to give more and more and more money, trillions and trillions and trillions more, to too big to fail, so they don't collapse. <laughs> but the cryptos are collapsing, and that's impacting the cryptos that remain until they finally collapse, which will put such a burden on the, the uh, mother of all, uh, the Federal Reserve, that it will eventually collapse, and that's what they're counting on. It's all by design, folks. Don't think for one moment they're stupid or incompetent. It's all by design. So what happens if you put the brakes on our economy? What happens if you force a balance, either force a balanced budget amendment upon our uh, federal government spending, or you start and or you start slashing federal programs? You put the brakes. No, the black hole can no longer consume more stuff, and then it will implode upon itself. So you're stuck with a conundrum. If you let things go the way they're going, increase trillions upon trillions that can never be paid, well, that's the intention. That was the whole intention, is that the debt could never be paid. And, and so if you let it go continuously, it will eventually run out of stuff it can devour, but but it will explode. Whether it explodes or implodes is just a matter of technicalities because the end result is total annihilation. All wealth is destroyed. And that's exactly what the framers of the Federal Reserve System already knew over 100 years ago when they met in their, um, you know, private mansions, Jekyll Island, you know, kind of thing, and they were scheming how to foist this upon America, the United States of America. Prior to uh, passage, December of 1913, they were formulating this scheme that once enacted, there would be no way out of total annihilation. And that's what we face, folks. It doesn't matter one bit whether you let the things go uh, completely out of control to, to explode or if you put the brakes on it and start slashing government programs trying to balance the budget, and it implodes, is total wealth destruction. And if you have no wealth, you have no rights. The way our Constitution was predicated upon was personal property rights. And if you don't have any personal property, you have no rights. Okay. Um, and the way that the Federal Reserve System works is that <clears throat> whose, whose name is on Every single dollar bill you've got, whether it's a one, five, ten, or a thousand dollar bill, whose name is on it? Is it Johnny the Baptist note? <laughs> no. 
No. Does John, does John have his name on those notes? No. Do I have my name on any of those notes? No. Does Jane have her name on any of those notes? No. Does Speaker McCarthy have his name on any of those notes? No. Whose name is on every one of those notes that's in your wallet or in your coffee can buried in the backyard or your mattress or inside the cavity of the wall of your inner house? Okay, whose name is on that note? The Federal Reserve. It's their note, and it's their system. So you earn a paycheck or a salary or you make some sales, and it's your money, but no, it's not. It's not your money. It's the Federal Reserve's money. That's one of another big con is it's your money. No, it's not your money. It belongs to the Federal Reserve, and you are borrowing their money. And that's why they charge you interest. That's why they charge the government interest. Um, And that's why we need an income tax. Now, there is a way around this. So when you spend a note, a note is an IOU, which is a promise to pay with lawful currency at some point in the future. Lawful currency. So Federal Reserve notes are legal tender, but not lawful currency. What am I saying? Lawful currency is directly correlated with constitutional money and money supply system. Okay? Constitutional. So you can have a legal tender, but it is not lawful currency. In the beginning of this fraud, from 1913 December, Going into 14 onward, up to 1933, you could exchange your gold. See, back prior to the Federal Reserve System, you could have gold, silver coins, and um, you could have uh, money that was printed by uh, local or regional banks. The difficulty was this. If you're going from New York City, let's say, and traveling out here to South Dakota, well, you might have to exchange your federal – your New York bank notes for notes out here. So it became kind of cumbersome. As the, as the nation's economy grew and trade grew and grew and everything, so going through all that rigmarole, so it'd be like, you know, I'm a rapid city, so travel up here to uh, um, Deadwood, for example, or Leed, and which isn't that far away, but uh, back in those days, different banks, right? They could ha- print their own currency at that time. And so you'd have to go, you're going to lead Deadwood, throw some money in the tables. Well, they don't want rap, maybe they don't want Rapid City notes at the tables. They want Deadwood notes. So you'd have to exchange your Rapid City notes, bank notes, for Deadwood bank notes to play on their tables. Now, that might be an extreme example, but. If they have a, a backdoor connection with Rapid City banks, then they, they'd gladly take your Rapid City notes uh, because then they have a reciprocal, a reciprocal agreement with Rapid City banks. Okay, but if you have somebody from coming from New York City, well, then that might be a uh, you know different thing. So then you'd have to have an exchange going on. So it became very cumbersome. There were, it became, as the nation grew and its economy and its trade and everything, it became a legitimate need for a unified national currency with unified standards. Okay, the legitimate need. How often does the enemy come to us when we have a legitimate need with his solution to things? 
Okay. And his solution is usually very easy, convenient. It's the wide path that leads to destruction, right? And that's exactly what this nation embarked upon in 1913 is a wide path to wealth destruction. So there was a legitimate need, and these conspirators seized upon that need to concoct this plan to put this nation into a no-win destruction, no way out. And that's what we're seeing. That's why um, (laughs) the economy is doing what it's doing. Uh, It's not about we're paying too much in entitlements to the poor. What about the entitlements to the big banks and big corporations and big government? How about McCarthy give up his entitlements? Okay, If he wants to attack, attack the poor people in this country, then lead the charge and give up your entitlements as a Congress critter. But he's not going to do that. He's on the payroll. <laughs> multiple payrolls okay and many of them are if they can't be bought off then they're framed leveraged to their bad habits they have and we know some of those bad habits okay um to do the evil bidding that they do but have this script paints it whitewashes their evil as being something good. So we've got to balance the budget. So we got to do it on the backs of the poor once again, right? And well, go get a job. Well, what job? What jobs are out there anymore? When corporations are laying off thousands and thousands and the bloodletting will continue through this year and next year and beyond, what jobs are you talking about? <laughs> and after all the poisons in our water, and our air and our food supply making people sick and infirm and laid up. And you think they're going to are competent enough, ability enough to go out and get jobs, even if there were adequate jobs out there. They've created a sick population that's sick and or dying. So get a job <laughs> when you can't get a job because you're laid up because of the bad food, bad water, bad air, bad Everything, okay. They speak out of their, their, their speak with forked tongues. Okay, so this Federal Reserve System from 1913 through 1933, it's a 20, it's a 20 year stretch. They allowed people to turn in their gold and silver for Federal Reserve notes. Those early notes was printed on each one redeemable in lawful currency. Redeemable. You could take your Federal Reserve note and redeem it for gold or silver at your local bank. Try doing that today. See, the Federal Reserve got away from putting that on their notes, redeemable in lawful currency. But while it was there for maybe a 20-year stretch, I'd have to look that up, it was at clear admission that their Federal Reserve note was not lawful currency. But who cares, right? I can buy my ho-hos, my Twinkies. I can be entertained. I can uh, buy a house, buy a car. So what difference does that make? 
it makes the difference because it's legal tender but not lawful currency. Our whole system of governments and individual rights is predicated on personal property. John Locke. And without that, you don't have any rights. And they knew that, the conspirators, so how to finagle our rights away from us, how to get our property, asset-based property, away from us and unto them by giving us notes instead. And so whenever you buy something with a Federal Reserve note or through the Federal Reserve System, you do not have constitutional rights to you what you bought. So let's say you bought a house, you bought a car, you bought a big boat, and you got the uh, the, the sale. You've got your uh, a deed of sale. You've got your mortgage paid off, and now it's yours. Sorry, if you bought it through the Federal Reserve System, Federal Reserve notes, it's only yours on paper, but not constitutionally because you made a promise to pay with lawful currency. So that means you have to pay with what the Constitution says you need to pay to acquire personal property in order to be protected by the Constitution. So because we don't have those protections anymore, that's why the government can come anytime, anytime they want and take all your stuff and throw you in prison forever because you have no rights. <laughs> it was a brilliant scheme, brilliant beyond measure, how to defraud an entire nation. And then because this black hole concept, once they had sufficient uh, devourings of assets within the United States, they had to export the Federal Reserve note and system to other countries so they could devour their assets. And some of these nations of the world have woken up to this fraud. Maybe they were always, but not woke up, but they weren't in a position to counteract what the Federal Reserve was doing on a global scale, but until in the last 20, 30 years. So we see uh, nations such as Russia and China and, other, and India wisely either already having their economies based on a gold standard or rebuilding their economies towards a gold standard. So the BRICS nations uh, have caught on wisely to the fraudulent Federal Reserve System and have wisely built their economy's foundation on gold, gold holdings. And so everything that's based upon fiat currency, that's debt-based currency, is in the stages of failure. Cryptos are collapsing, which will eventually lead up to the Federal Reserve System itself will collapse. And that's what they're counting on for the Great Reset, where you will own nothing. Even though we live here in the United States supposedly protected but with our personal freedoms and liberties and uh, protections of our personal property, you have not protections under the Constitution if you don't have clear constitutional title to your property. Well, I'll just go buy some gold and silver, and then I'll pay for my house in gold and silver. Sorry, if you bought your gold and silver Federal Reserve notes, it doesn't count. 
<laughs> you see, you have to go back to an original land patent situation of a, um, a gold mine, a land patent gold mine that's still under a land patent. And you cannot pay for that gold with Federal Reserve notes and then be protected by the Constitution for private property, you have to find some other means of acquiring that gold, maybe in a, um, a labor a trade a labor trade agreement with that mining company that you'll work X amount of hours free to get paid in gold instead of Federal Reserve notes, you know, on a pay, traditional paycheck. You want to get paid in gold. That might work. Okay, so John F. Kennedy attempted to he he caught on to this. And he put together um, a federal uh, executive order that released $4 billion of United States notes into the economy. And that's one of the reasons that he was retired early from office, because you do not mess with the money changers in the temple. You don't run contrary to them. So he met the same fate that Jesus did. Jesus overthrew the tables of the money changers and chased them out of the temple with a whip that he put himself put together. So from their perspective, back then, he met his just desserts on that cross. You don't mess with the money changers in the temple. And so JFK met the same similar type of fate. And I'm not saying JFK is synonymous or Related at all with Jesus Christ in moral ethics, a spiritual dimensionality, okay? I'm saying simply that when you mess with the money changers in the temple, they're going to mess you up really good, maybe permanently, okay? And so the solution to this enigma is to do what JFK did, is to, to an equal exchange of Federal Reserve notes for United States notes. Now, what's the difference between the two notes? There's both notes because the United States notes has no interest. It is uh, owned lock, stock, and barrel by the United States. We, the people, own the currency and not the Federal Reserve and all of its speculators and the two big failed banks and, you know, all these people that benefiting. Back in the, I think it was late 70s, early 80s or something, it came across a document, I don't remember, but it was one of these official uh, congressional documents uh, that, that they print every once in a while that I somehow got my hands on. But this one was from the Federal Reserve System. And uh, it's a lot of mumbo-jumbo, you know, for, for a, a layman to read through this stuff, but just kind of perusing through some of these pages, I came across where the system is set up that until the time when it collapses, you know, that the people actually benefit from from this system. They can benefit handsomely, and that's what we're seeing. And, but it creates an underclass of poor people. It admitted this in this document. So basically when we're invested in the Federal Reserve System, we are creating – an underclass of poor people. And that's what we're seeing, that that underclass of poor people, that the middle class is being stripped bare. Even the lower realms of the upper class are being stripped and impoverished. 
And this one article I read somewhat recently is that that uh, under the uh, Great Reset, the New World Order, <clears throat> when it's fully implemented, even um, the millionaires and low 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 lying fruit billionaires, all their wealth and their assets, there will only be two classifications of people on this planet: the sovereigns and the slaves. So imagine you're a millionaire and money's no problem for you, or maybe you're a billionaire like Warren Buffett, you know, and he wakes up one day to find out that he's been stripped bare and is sitting in a FEMA camp with absolutely nothing. And because he he wasn't uh, considered a sovereign by those who declare themselves as sovereigns. How about Bill Gates? Is he a sovereign? See, the one thing about the serpent class, class of beings on this planet, they think nothing of throwing one another under the bus to better uh, position themselves. So Bill Gates, for all we know, he could be on a limited timeline, thank God, you know, and he'll be thrown to the wolves under the bus or to the wolves or something, stripped of all of his assets and rendered a lowly peon, a lowly slave working 24 hours on hard labor. What a shock would be to him, right? The mover and shaker that he thinks he is rendered slave labor. But some of these movers and shakers in the world today are going to wake up one day to find out that their world has been ripped from them, just like it's been ripped from many of us. And if you want people to just go out there and get a job or start a business, how do you do that when the means of production have been removed from the people? Okay. I see it all the time. If you want to know how what the, what I'm talking about, just go out your local landfill and spend a day out there and see the stuff that people throw away that should not be thrown away. Perfectly good, perfectly reusable, fixable, whatever. Just throw it away. What people throw away represents my opportunity to lift myself up by my bootstraps on less than a shoestring budget. For people that do have the gumption to do something with nothing and to create something out of nothing, they're denied the opportunity because of the way things are. You can't just anymore, like it was in the 17, 1800s, go out here and grab some land, build yourself a log house or a, a sod house, and uh, you know, do some hunting or try to plant plant uh, some crops and stuff, and and uh, establish yourself. You can't do that anymore. Okay, maybe Bill Gates. Do you think he'll let you go grab a few uh, twenty acres out of his uh, you know hundreds of thousands of acres of far, prime farmland in the United States? That he'll be kind enough to let you have twenty acres, you know, so you can set up a farmstead, so you can take care of yourself and your family and start a a home based business. You know, do you think he'll be kind enough to do that? <laughs> That's not the way of the serpent. Okay. It's greed, unbridled greed that drives everything. Okay, even unto their own destruction. See, greed blinds people, blinds even the serpents, shape shifting serpents on this planet. It blinds them that in the end they're destroying even themselves. If Klaus Schwab could see the beginning from the end of his actions and his words, maybe 
I, I kind of doubt it, though. But you know, theoretically, might change his mind on how he's approaching things. Okay, but that's not the way of the serpent. And certainly, the serpents have been cut off from God and from the Holy Spirit, so they're not going to through their rebellion with Lucifer. So they're not going to receive Holy Ghost inspiration on solutions. So getting back to the United States notes where we the people would own the currency, okay, where there's no interest. Um, <clears throat> so you get a one-on-one -on -one exchange. You turn in your Federal Reserve notes, you get an equal amount of United States notes in return. That's how you would fairly do it. But for those who have scammed the system and have thieves and crooks and liars and stuff, and the too big to fails that scammed billions and trillions of dollars from we the people, uh, it's high time we strip them of all their assets and return it to the we the people. But that's not going to happen, is it, folks? That's not going to happen. The wickedness in this world is so deeply entrenched anymore that it's going to take, just like at the Tower of Babel. You know, if, if all that tower was was in the the simplicity of the account in Genesis 11, if that's all that that tower was, was built out of clay bricks and, and put together with mortar and stuff, you know, it sounds pretty primitive, doesn't it? A primitive society building a primitive tower to study the constellations and the stars. Well, who cares? What what threat is that to, to God himself? He could have just sent a couple angels down like he did with Sodom Gomorrah and just, you know, blow on the, blow on the structure and it'll fall over, you know, <laughs> or call fire down from heaven and torch the thing, okay? <clears throat> So what's what's the big deal? Why did God himself have to get involved in the Tower of Babel incident? Because it was a direct threat to him. So what does that mean? Read verse 6. Genesis 11 verse 6 is the clue, is the clue verse that gives away the narrative. Now this they begin to do, and now anything within their imagination will be possible for them to accomplish. Anything within their imagination. Even primitive societies have active imaginations. It's just they don't have the technology to enact their imaginations. But what this account is talking about, the Tower of Babel account, is they had achieved the technology to enact their imagination. Anything within their imagination was now possible for them to accomplish. And just look at us today of our imaginations. Think of all the vile, wicked stuff going all over the planet. Imaginations run amok. Okay? Think of the secret space program. Think of the deep underground military labs and corporate labs that are concocting all this <laughs> chimeras and uh, doing everything just like they were doing in the run-up to the Noah's Flood that they were then doing again in the run-up to the Tower of Babel. It became such a threat to God himself, this tower, that some believe was a stargate into the heavens. And I believe it was a stargate. I believe further it was a stargate, a direct hotline into the Holy of Holies is what they had constructed. So this wasn't just some clay tower held together in mortar. This was a high, high-tech 
instrument, the ultimate stargate, the hotline right into the Holy of Holies, why God had to get directly involved and put a stop to it before they could turn the power on, so to speak, and actually do this. So we have a reemergence. When God came down and destroyed that tower and destroyed the technologies and, and cast the people around so they could no longer be unified, it take thousands of years before they would ever get a foothold again to pull this off. And here we are, folks. It's not only as in the days of Noah, but it's also as in the days of the Tower of Babel. The whole thing in 1879 onward were um, <clears throat> the latter 1800s in, moving into the early 1900s is when the Industrial Revolution took off in this country and probably other parts of the world, but the Industrial Revolution took off. And that was needed. It's not that we didn't have like factories before that, but we didn't have the assembly line, the, the massive wealth to do the massive uh, factories and industrialization that takes massive amounts of wealth and people power and um, uh, assets and everything to pull that off. So we finally got to the point, that critical momentum to put that kind of thing together. But basically, when you look back in time to that time to now, it was the dark sides, the deep deep state has existed back then, the dark powers would be um, plans and attempts to rebuild the Tower of Babel and the Tower Technologies. And here we are, folks. The One World Tower in New York City, replacing the Twin Towers. The One World Tower, Tower of Babel. And folks, the One World Tower will be coming down. <laughs> it will be coming down. And I'm not advocating an act of terrorism. Don't, you know, the FBI, the CIA, all those spook agencies have nothing to worry about me. I'm not connected with anybody. I'm not advocating some terrorist group because a terrorist group, group would not have what it takes to bring that tower down. But the United States government does, assisted by an outside interest. But that would be giving the narrative away. There would be too much connection, just like JFK assassination, too much has been become known about it and so it would be more difficult to pull off to JFK somebody again because with the internet and everything so you'd have to really clamp down the internet to really restrict the freedom of the alternate press really maybe not only restrict it but eliminate it to pull off another JFK scenario and the cover-ups and everything, but too many people have caught on. Too many people have even caught on now to 9-11, so they're not going to buy it, even if you crash the Internet and you only had was newspapers and magazines again, once again. People aren't going to buy that. Or, you know, enough people aren't going to buy it. There still always be people who buy anything, you know. Any story, story you want to give them, they'll buy into it. <clears throat> okay, so they... Um, they can't do that again. So they have to use other means. So they can't necessarily bring down the One World Tower like they did the Twin Towers. But God can bring it down. And so <laughs> enter in 
that uh, Canary Islands, that volcano with that what east facing side that could slide off the ocean, causing a tsunami that would wipe out the east coast of the United States. That's a bingo right there. That could probably topple the One World Tower. And with all that water crashing into the east coast of the United States, that's a tremendous amount of weight. It's uh, depending on the capacity of the water, whether pure water or salt water like ocean water, uh, it has a certain weight per gallon. So eight plus pounds per gallon, trillions and trillions and trillions of gallons of water along the East Coast. Don't you think that would put a lot of weight on the East Coast? And we know the East Coast does have earthquakes now and then. So imagine that amount of weight crashing down on those fault lines, causing not only massive flooding, obviously, from the tsunami waves. And don't you think that's going to have a impact on the fault lines triggering earthquakes and don't you think a tsunami of that magnitude would also affect the weather systems everything in the kitchen sink is going to hit the east coast don't you think that's going to bring down the one world tower okay it's not going to last because that one world tower is really in effect giving god the big middle finger is what they're doing Okay, the powers that be are giving God the one, the a big middle finger right into His face, and God will bring it back down just like He did the Tower of Babel. God got directly involved with that thing, <clears throat> and He's going to get directly involved in taking down this nation. But He often uses evil to fight evil, the evil to destroy evil while protecting his true saints, his true followers, from that after effect, from that effects and after effects, his remnant. So the we're seeing the emergence of coming together of the Tower of Babel and his technologies, the one world language through our technologies. Okay, so in the early stages, we have like tractors on the farm, for example, that uh, can replace horses, okay? So tractor power is measured in horsepower, okay? How many horsepower is that tractor, okay? That's how they measured the power of a tractor, maybe a car. How many horsepower is under the hood of your car or your truck, okay? Measuring it against that horse. Um, So the powers that be want to turn us back to the 1800s. They want to strip us... Of you know we've just come too far we're we're just so modern they just want to turn us back into serfs and slaves and everything right while they they feast on our dead corpses <clears throat> they have now artificial intelligence robotics etc that they don't need in fact a, a current report like in the next five years um, there's going to be a massive turnover in the employment ranks and uh, being replaced by robotics and artificial intelligence big time so what are all these millions of people going to do well, we don't need them anymore so grind them up in you know, soil and green and pink slime and feed them to those who remain the slaves that remain and crickets and grasshoppers and mealworms and stuff 
wonderful future, huh? <laughs> the days of Andy and Mayberry is over. Pull your head out of those programs. They, that world doesn't exist anymore. So on the surface, folks, it can get rather depressing if you focus too much on all this stuff. It's not that we should not be aware of this stuff, but for me, in my early years, <clears throat> I've been into this stuff. I was into politics as a preteen um, and into all kinds of stuff, the, the, advanced, the mysteries and everything in the Bible for over 40 years, okay? So I've been down a lot of rabbit holes, and, and uh, some of this stuff can get rather depressing. So how do, how do you balance it out? Is a close relationship with Jesus Christ, even at times when you don't feel close to him, he has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. And you have to, you know, hold tight to that and anchor that into your heart and soul in those dark moments of, of your life that he will never leave you nor forsake you. When the nukes are going off all over the country, whatever country you live in, if Russia lost it or it's in, an inside job, you know, assisted by an outside interest, and your world is being ripped and shredded and destroyed all around you. Your anchor must be in Jesus Christ. And that <clears throat> he is there with you no matter what trial, tribulation, or destruction is all around you, taking out loved ones even, he is there with you. And at the moment of your demise, you hang on to your faith, your belief, your faith, that he will snatch you out of your flesh body at that very moment. So you don't have death. He'll snatch you out of your body and safely, securely take you home to be with him in his eternal kingdom for all eternity. And you can pray that for your loved ones, your friends, your associates, strangers. Before all this ugly hits the fan big time, before millions of people are snuffed out within moments' time, we can pray for people. We can pray for them. We can claim them for Jesus Christ. Complete strangers, loved ones, anybody. Okay, People in the news, countries in the news, pray for them. I know John does lots of prayers in the morning on his prayer vigil on Friday nights. Pray, pray, pray. While we still can. And oftentimes our prayers are through faith because we don't have, you know, a feedback loop to see, well, did my prayers make any difference or not? We pray in faith. And then Jesus takes those prayers and acts on them in ways that we cannot see or hear with our natural bodies, our natural senses. In faith we pray. In faith we believe. And so as, as Christians, we have the opportunity when, when we see the world going crazy all around us. And like in California, these people that go off the deep end and they take other people's lives. For us as Christians, we need to claim for ourselves, for our loved ones, for friends, even strangers, that which restraineth worketh in me. Okay, each one of us is fully capable of going off the deep end. Okay, enough pressure is applied. We're all capable of going off the deep end and doing horrible things. 
And it's important to admit that. It's the sin nature unleashed, okay, in the pressure cooker. A pressure cooker is that we lose all our moorings and go off and do something horrible. We claim, however, that Jesus Christ reigns in me. He is the one who restraineth in me the natural man, the natural woman, the carnality, the desire to um, a life for a life or a limb for a limb to exact revenge. That which restraineth Jesus Christ worketh in me to bring every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Every thought, every imagination, every whim, every... um, you know, sometimes somebody comes up and they, they, you know, maybe you're in an unguarded moment or, you know, like you can picture maybe the dark side is working through that person and they know how to put a hook in your line of thinking process and hook you right there and then to react in a bad way, right? But pray. Pray that Jesus and through his Holy Spirit will help you to be aware of these hooks or when you're blindsided and to immediately intervene to assist you to de-hook from that situation, de-hook from those words, de-hook from that insult, de-hook from maybe somebody literally hitting you or slapping you. And you get up, you dust yourself off, and, hey, you want to do it again, okay? Um, and to walk in wisdom, godly wisdom in these kinds of situations so we don't get baited by the enemy to do horrible, awful things. And uh, getting back to what I was talking about before in the previous shows about Rahab Leviathan and Bemis, okay. My belief is they were three of the top three top tiered created beings after Lucifer being the top created being, the first created being of all created beings. So as top created beings, they would have had been equipped, built within themselves God's primal powers. So that's why God and only God could go up against Rahab and slice it to pieces. No one else could have done that. Now this phase shift business, and I might have to continue this on next time. Phase shifting, phase locking, okay? There's all kinds of, we could say, um, realms all around us, dimensions all around us, inhabited by beings, and typically we would think they're demons, okay, the demonic realm, but not necessarily all of them are demonic, okay? There could be other life forms, legitimate life forms, in parallel dimensions or universes all around us that are legitimate, okay? They're not demons or fallen angels. They could be legitimate life forms. And it's... So this phase locking, if we think of the simplicity of H2O, H2O can have any one of three forms. It can be a mist, a water vapor. It can be water. It can be ice. 
Now, we can freely move through mist. We can freely uh, somewhat move through water unless it gets too deep, and then we have to have a technology to move through that water to exist in it, like submarine or snorkels or diving outfits, right? But in ice, if you are encased in ice, I don't know of any technology unless you already have it and can exist for <laughs> maybe thousands to millions of years encased in ice. Otherwise, you're going to be encased in ice and be dead eventually. Okay, we have an example of this um, thousands of years ago on the mammoths and stuff that were flash frozen in Siberia with fresh buttercups in their mouths. Now we know that the animal kingdom has a uh, um, fight or flight instinct built into them. So if there's something that happens, they either fight or they flee the scene as fast as they can. Well, these mammoths, Whatever happened, happened so fast, they couldn't even react to it. Them in solid ice at a snap of a finger, blink of an eye, encased in solid ice. They couldn't move. They couldn't blink. They couldn't even chew the buttercups in their mouth. They were flash frozen. Now, what in the world kind of thing would cause that to happen? What kind of earthly or cosmic phenomenon would cause that to happen. So we have an example right here on the planet, the three phases of H2O, of water vapor, liquid water, and then frozen. So in the first two, there's movement. In the last one, there's no movement. And, okay, so... If we can extrapolate that to matter, matter in general can have various phases of existence. So some of these beings can freely, freely move through some of these phases of existence, but if they get entrapped in that third phase, they're stuck there. So that's kind of what I'm trying to illustrate on a simple level maybe to cross-correlate into a more advanced understanding of how these three beings described as serpents fleeing the scene of the crime, seeing the flee, fleeing the scene of the war, angel wars that's going on, because these are like Lucifer's top generals, you know, five-star generals. <clears throat> so they're going to get out of there, right? So they can get out of there and regroup, rearm, and fight another day. The uh, solar, Our solar system came under this state of flux due to this cosmic war, this angel wars, this cosmic flux where things aren't solid anymore, things aren't, okay? And so possibly Rahab landed on the fifth planet and became encased in it. And the other two, Leviathan and Behemoth, escaped to this planet and became encased as it, you know, solidified. They became locked in, phase-locked into this planet, and Rahab phase-locked into the fifth planet. Now, this copper Death Star-like object that is supposedly going to show up here, <laughs> maybe sooner than later or later than sooner, but it's going to show up. Could that be a Death Star that blew Maldek to pieces? And it's coming back to finish the job on this planet, to blow it to pieces. 
Okay. Well, that might be its job, its objective, but from what I read in the Bible, it's going to fail. Star itself is going to be blown to pieces, just like in Star Wars. Okay, I know we're at the bottom of the hour. Um, and we my, are. My, my hour here. And I'll go into more detail yes, in the next show. Are. I've got some articles that can go in more detail and scriptures to try to tie this together even more intimately, more detailed, okay? Oh, no. My Alexa just said, this is a reminder, lock the doggy door. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've got to keep the critters the dogs out. out. I've got to keep the critters out. I've got to keep the critters out of the house. I must go lock the doggy door. Alexa That's reminder right. from Alexa, oh, they'll, they'll lock the doggy in. door down. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, lock the doggy door. Be quiet, Alexa. Yep. Anyway, God bless you all. Thank you, Brother Lauren. Very thought-provoking, as always. We will see you soon at these, you know, like we used to hear back in the 60s, the same bat time, same bat channel. That's right. <laughs> Batman, I know, exactly. Uh, back when Batman was nice and clean and, oh, well, anyway, the good old days. Uh, but anyway, thank you all for joining us tonight. Tonight is Wednesday, January the 25th. We made it through the program, praise God, barely. Uh, and uh, we got lots more to cover. Uh, and we will see you this Friday, Lord willing, at 7 p.m. Yeah. yeah. Prayer video. Amen. 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 All right. God bless you, Lauren. Thank you all for joining us. God bless you all. And thank we'll you. God bless you. Right. You bet. Spend Bye. time with the secret place of the Most High with our Father. Don't forget. Don't right. forget. Nope. Get up a little early. Don't be so lazy. Like me, sometimes. God bless you all.